Welcome back to the Plant Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Smith of Guide to Wholeness, where I help women access their intuition, heal their past, and step into their wholeness. And in this episode, I interview Amy Dempster, who helps in understanding the healing power of the earth. What began as openly sharing her spiritual journey on her popular blog, Following Hawks, has become a resource for others wanting to learn how to communicate with nature and share their own unique healing gifts with the earth. Together with the spirits of the land in the mountains of northwest Montana, she tends seven portals on the land where she lives, which we talk about, along with any grid-keeping work she is assigned. She also leads the Earth Tenders Academy, an immersive online journey to help others Reestablish their connection with their ancient ancestors, learn to communicate with the seen and unseen forces in their environment, and respectfully offer their healing energy to places in need. Amy is also the host of the podcast, The Earth Keepers. I learned so much in this episode, and you will too, on how you can heal the earth through energy portals and sense that energy. So, Enjoy this episode. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Plant Wisdom Podcast, Amy. I'm thrilled to have you on and talk about the earth and plants and what you do in your amazing work with that. So my first question for you, which I love um, because I totally believe in this and I can't wait to hear your insight. Um, is can trees communicate with us? Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to uh, chat with you. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that I was taught as a child. And I think most of us, you know, culturally, that's not something um that we grow up being aware of or learning. And so that was a real kind of, you know, eye-opening experience for me um, when it started happening very spontaneously um, when I would be out walking in nature in in my neighborhood. And I started receiving messages. Um, for me, it was almost like um, like thoughts in my head that I didn't put there, you know, mm-hmm. or um, kind of, you know, whispers of information. And um, it took me a little bit to figure out, but it was the trees that were, you know, sending me messages and, and um, trick me. And so, um, you know, really in that process, uh, you know, it made me question, like, can I talk back? (laughs) Can I communicate with them as well? And so, um, yeah, that really led me on, on this journey that, um, that I've been on, but absolutely they can communicate. It's just in a, in a different way than we think of with language, you know, it's all very telepathic, which is how most, most of the natural world is communicating with each other all of the time. And so, um, when we're willing to kind of, you know, drop the language and, um, shift into, uh, communication in, um, with all of our other senses, then it's like a whole nother world opens up to us. So true. So true. They do communicate telepathically. And I don't know if you've heard this, but I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Like I've heard 
that trees when you walk in the forest or anywhere with like a lot of trees and they start like swaying near you that they're like waving hello to you and whenever I heard that I was like that feels so right yeah it's really it's really cool to see especially um when you come into an area and everything is very still and then it all of a sudden um really you know a breeze comes up or just one specific breeze comes through and then then stops i have one spot um, on the property where I live, where um, I had received a message that um, I should hang some wind chimes um, back there. And almost every time, like I <laughs> go back there, they go tink, 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 <laughs> like um, saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So tell me and my listener how you got started in your work with the plants. I know you started a blog and then that blossomed, but what called you to do this? Yeah, I mean, it was really a process over, um, you know, a long period of time or a number of years. And, um, you know, I, I had, you know, a time where I was, you know, learning how to meditate and doing, you know, kind of that type of thing. And, um, but really hadn't, hadn't gone any deeper was really just kind of exploring, like, what does it mean to use my intuition or, you know, that those types of questions. Um, and initially, um, just, I started having these really unusual encounters with hawks, um, and they were, they would just come really close to me or interact with me in an unusual way where it wasn't like I hadn't seen them in my environment before, but it was happening so regularly that, um, it just made me start asking more questions. I mean, like, is this, uh, is somebody trying to send me a message? Like what is happening? And you know, it was in asking those questions that kind of took me down a deeper path. And um, ultimately, I, I received a message uh, that I should move to where there was pine trees and water. And um, it, you know, my husband and I talked about it and decided we were open to a move. We didn't know where that meant or where <laughs> that was going to be. And just kind of said, you know, if the, wherever the fit is right, you know, we're, we're open. And um, in just a matter of months, we ended up moving to Northwest Montana, which neither of us had ever been to before. We didn't have any family here. We didn't know anybody. <laughs> it was just um, really just um, did it. And, uh, you know, and it was, it turned out to be a great decision. We love it here. But um, it was after that move, that was when really, again, like the tree messages started coming into me. And it really was a matter of just um, ex exploration on my own for quite a while, just kind of trying to figure out like, what are the messages? Why are they? How can I talk back? What's happening with nature communicating? And that's when I started the blog, really, which was um, initially not really meant for, you know, uh, anyone else. It was just me kind of keeping track of um, unusual things that were happening to me or things that were coming in my dreams or all of these different things. And so, um, but the more I wrote on it and the more I shared, the more people started finding it. And I started getting messages from people saying, this is happening to me too. <laughs> and so um, that really encouraged me to like, keep going. There's something, you know, there's something here. Um, and there's, there's more to learn. And so that's really, um, really how I got started. <laughs> that's so cool. And you took a leap of faith. You listened to your intuition to be closer to trees. Um, and I resonate so much with having a spiritual awakening and hawks just coming out of nowhere. And I was like writing this the <laughs> other day in my book. I'm like, 
I never saw hawks before this, you know, I never would like look up in the sky and now I see them all the time, like on the highway or, you know, just on a hike. And it's like, that was not happening. So there are definitely signs from above. There certainly is. And, you know, obviously when you name your blog or your business following hawks, like everyone shares their hawk <laughs> stories with you. And so yeah. I hear a lot of hawk stories and I've come to believe like they have to be, um, you know, involved in the awakening of humanity, right? Like they must yeah. have a role related to that because there's so many situations where, you know, it could be, it could be any other bird or any other animal, but it's, it's the hawks for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've tried to figure out why too. I'm like, I don't get it. Maybe it's because they have this higher vantage point. Um, I don't know, but it just feels magical when you see hawks. So I love that. That was how you connected with so many people and they found you. And, um, and I have so many questions about what you do with the spirits of the land. Like this is something I've been looking more into recently. So um, who are the spirits of the land and what do they do? Because I know you can like work with them and communicate with them and take care of them. So how does that work and who are they? Yeah, well, um, you know, there's a, it's kind of a broad um, group of <laughs> spirits when you say the spirits of the land. Um, and I kind of put them into a variety of categories and they're, um, you know, they're, they're here, they're on the land, they're living on the earth, um, just kind of in a different plane of existence than, than we are. So whether we acknowledge them or not, they're here <laughs> working and, and doing their thing. And, you know, when we work together with them is when, you know, the magic happens, but, um, you know, I kind of break them down into a couple of groups. So um, the main kind of one that I always engage with first, if I'm connecting with a property, um, I call the keeper of the land. And it's really just um, a spirit that oversees an area that's bigger than just where your house is. So it kind of, it's usually like the whole neighborhood. So, um, and sometimes they'll show me on a map, like how far their influence goes, but just kind of think of it as being like neighborhood um, size. And so that's the spirit that just has the lay of the land and knows kind of what's happening everywhere. So if there's something weird kind of happening energetically, energetically um, where you live, but you're not sure where it's coming from, like that spirit probably knows because if it's some weird energy from, you know, water that was, you know, relocated or tampered with, you know, half a mile away or something weird happening at a neighbor's house that energetically is bleeding over, like that's a spirit that usually can explain what's going on <laughs> and give you, give you an overview. Um, after that, um, you know, I usually speak with the ancestor spirits and some places have a, you know, a stronger influence with the ancestor spirits than others. It just depends on kind of um, how that area was used, what, um, what type of things happened in that area. Um, you know, if you think of just the, the history of humans on the land <laughs> can go back a long, long ways. Yeah. And so, um, you know, typically the ancestor spirits in any given place are kind of, you know, the indigenous spirits of, of that area. And sometimes they'll, um, oftentimes they just uh, tell me like how they use the area. So sometimes they'll just say, oh, we just passed through here. Or this would be a hunting place or um, a fishing place. But sometimes it's like, no, this was a ceremonial place. And now there's like a shopping mall here, you know? Yeah. And so um, they can kind of let you know how the, you know, the land has changed or if there was trauma on the land or those types of things, um, especially that's contributing to how the energy feels uh, today. Um, and then, 
you also have all of the spirits that are more like things you can see. So like plant spirits, tree spirits, um, rock spirits, you know, all of those types of things. So um, you can always connect with those energies that have, they're also doing a lot of energetic work for, um, for the location and um, will, you know, let you know, or let you know what they need or what they want, <laughs> which uh, a lot of times trees, I always say trees like offerings. So I always ask oh. if a tree comes forward in a reading, I always, you know, want to say, oh, you know, what kind of, what kind of offering would you like? And sometimes it's just, you know, come and sit with me or sing oh. me a song or, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So um, yeah. And then there can be all kinds of other, um, energies and spirits there can be you know star beings there can be fairies there can be you know elementals there you know just it it really depends on um the individual location so it's always an adventure for me too <laughs> to <laughs> learn about new things and find new energies that um that I haven't come across before yeah that's incredible so are you connecting with those spirits and channeling them in your sessions in your work is that how that works yeah, so really, um, you know, I work from um, a, a shamanic point of view, um, and so I, I tend to use shamanic journey to mm -hmm. um, to connect with those spirits. And, um, you know, within the kind of framework of shamanism, you have um, usually the three worlds that you journey to, right? The upper world is usually where, um, you know, the angels and crossed over loved ones and, and those types of energies are, the lower world being a lot more um, like earth spirits, uh, animals, that type of thing. But the middle world, a lot of times um, people stay away from because um, it's also where earthbound spirits are and, and that type of thing. Mm. But it's where we live, you know, <laughs> we live in the middle world, but that's where all of the spirits of the land are as well. And so, um, you know, through shamanic journey, you can um, connect with them and, uh, you know, find out what's what's going on where where you live and um you know, how you can work with them really to improve the energy and um, improve kind of just the quality of the area that you live in. That's so powerful. And I have found Shamanic Journey, I've been using that a lot recently. That is really powerful. Like when it, I started doing it, you know, with drumming and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. And then it's like, you really do get connected um, to these different worlds. So that's a great tip on how to start, you know, cultivating that connection. Um, so how do you know a place in nature needs healing? This is also fascinating to me. Yeah, well, I mean, we probably all have visited places, whether it's an actual like home or building or actually just a place on the land where you just really kind of get a feeling like something's not right here. And certainly um, for those of us who are empathic and can pick up, you know, feelings in our bodies, <laughs> which a lot of people who are sensitive to energy just naturally do. Um, oftentimes you'll feel it in your body. You'll just feel like, I feel sick to my stomach here. I'm feeling really anxious. My heart's racing. My head hurts. You know, all of those different mm -hmm. um, kinds of things. Oftentimes you'll feel in your body. Um, but yeah, otherwise um, it's kind of a general feeling like something's off. Something's not right here. Something feels um, out of sorts in some way. And um, usually that's when you can connect with the energies then and say, what am I picking up? What am I feeling? What's, what's going on here? And, and they can kind of help fill in the blanks. That's very helpful. That's a good way of tuning in to 
yourself and your environment to see like what's mine and what's the environment like when you notice that's only showing up that you go to that place like that you're having those kind of issues that you're picking up on that too so that's really helpful to understand yeah I think a lot of times you know we dismiss those things or we do think it's us like I felt fine five minutes ago and now my stomach hurts well probably you know it's that you're you you know you're picking up an energy around you and not that all of a sudden your your stomach hurts the more we can kind of learn to not just tune into our bodies, but really trust that our bodies, that's the telepathic communication. And that's, you know, that's our bodies receiving that um, information in a way that's different than just, you know, words hitting your ears. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. That's just so powerful to think about. We're always communicating with the land we live on, even if we're inside or, you know, that we're always in that telepathic communication and how we can tune into that to support ourselves, to support nature. I just, I love that. I love being connected in that way. So this is also really new to me. So I would love to know how did you open seven portals on the land where you live? Because I would love to understand, I've been learning about portals recently and like, you know, you can make a portal of light to help any animals that have been like hit by a car move through. Yeah. To the other side. So I also know how did you open seven and what were those for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was quite the adventure. Um <laughs> it's really interesting because and there are there's all kinds of different portals, and I have learned so much in working with these about um just portals in general, because certainly um they they're all different and they have kind of different types of qualities. And so a lot of times um, people think of portals more in like a negative connotation or like, um, you know, that uh, they're letting in, you know, spirits and they can, I mean, absolutely. But portals, um, portals just have a frequency. And um, so the things that can pass through them have to align with that frequency. And so um, if they're just not as high vibration, um, they can let in uh stuff into your house that you don't want in your house. And so um, that's one kind of portal um, that oftentimes those are the ones that either need to be closed or some work needs to be done on them to increase their vibration so that um, higher vibrational beings are who's moving through them. Um, however, there oftentimes are these ones that are, um, you know, outdoors, uh, you know, not in your house, <laughs> um, not, not really interacting with humans all that much. And um, the reason that ultimately there were seven open here was, you know, after doing wor the work with the land that I have for a number of years, um, the energy and the frequency really was a match. And so, um, you know, they could have been opened elsewhere. And obviously there are portals like this all over the place, but um, it worked to be able to, um, to do it here. So um, initially, so there's one place on our property that, um, would show itself to me kind of like in my mind's eye or in meditation on a regular basis. And I would see it, but I wouldn't get any information about it. And I would go back there and I would stand there and be like, okay, I'm here. Like, what do you want to tell me about this place? And like for two years, nothing came through. And then all of a sudden it was um, just before the winter solstice a couple of years ago, um, I got a message that uh, like there is a portal here that wants to be opened. And I did probably what a lot of people <laughs> do, which is like, 
I don't really know about opening portals. I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm not sure I will know how to do that. Um, and, you know, ultimately, like when these things are coming through, like we do know how to do them. We're remembering from other mm -hmm. lifetimes and other dimensions that we're working in. Like we know how to do this work. That's why we're being asked to do it. And so yeah. um, it really was kind of a matter of, of trust on my part that like the information was going to come through to me. I was given kind of step-by-step, step, here's, um, here's what you need to do to get the energy moving in this way. And, um, and I, I followed along and it was, um, it was very interesting. And after the first one was open, maybe a week or so, um, then I got additional guidance that there were six more that wanted to be opened as well. And so, um, yeah, I really just followed, followed their lead, followed the spirits of the land and the, the energies that were working with them. But it was really interesting because the, the actual purpose of them um, was that, you know, as the earth is changing or going through this ascension process and the earth, you know, is ascending as well. And we're as a planet and a species, we're connecting back with a lot of the universe that we've been disconnected with for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. And so what was happening was uh, different energies were kind of opening up their portals for other energies to use. And so, um, they, and it was kind of an experiment, <laughs> like they wanted to um, see, and they've, they've since told me, um, because things have shifted and changed in the last few months since the, this last winter um, solstice. And so I was kind of asking like, what, what's, why do things feel different? What's going on? Um, and they were explaining, well, that was kind of like the advanced team, like they were coming in to uh, negotiate and figure out how <laughs> all of this, um, you know, all of it, how it was going to work for all these energies coming into earth and, um, you know, sharing this space. And so on the December, 2020 solstice, um, which was also the grand conjunction, mm -hmm. um, it was like a new system, the Stargate system opened up and which is really similar. It's also a portal, but it's almost like like earth opened for business <laughs> in a different way than it had been before. It's like open for the general public now. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so all of the, all of the kind of separate portals have all just kind of like collapsed into this one, um, Stargate portal now, but, um, which does not need a lot of, uh, tending from me. It's <laughs> all kind of, uh, you know, handled in spirit land, but, um, but yeah, lots and lots of, uh, changes with um, earth energies these last couple of years. That's exciting. I mean, I love how you said that the earth is also ascending with us. Like it's not yeah. just us, like we're all going through that process. And thank you for creating those portals because that is really important work that I think people don't realize that can help this ascension process of doing these things on an energetic level. And I, I think I've heard of portal like battles like that people are doing like I don't know that seems like a whole other level but I haven't I been involved in that yeah. <laughs> I think like that's what you're saying though like they can be negative um portals too and I think I've been actually on some land where there was like a negative portal and I had no 
intuitive awareness at this time of the people I was with said it did. And they did this whole process of like closing it and whatnot. So it can go both ways, but I love that you created these new, like, like energy sharing portals. And is this similar to grid work? That was going to be my, because I've heard of grid work of like helping with ascension too. Yeah, the grid work is slightly different, but it's um, all of these things are just pieces of um, the Earth's energy system, right? So they're all kind of um, connected in certain ways. Um, but I do, um, before I was working with portals, <laughs> I was doing a lot of um, grid work and I still do. Um, and really, you know, the the Earth has an electro, excuse me, an electromagnetic grid within the earth and there's another one kind of outside the earth and the one inside the earth in particular I work with more often um, and it's really just because over the years um, you know the grids have been uh, altered moved um, broken tampered with you name it, <laughs> uh, as you can Im imagine over space and time. Um, and so really um, a lot of the grids are either, you know, purging old energy, um, new ener energy is coming in um, and being held, things are being reconnected. Um, and it, it, it is all same thing, part of this ascension process and, and the earth shifting and changing. And so um, a lot of times it's just uh, helping to shift and move energy from one location to another. If it's, you know, there's too much here and there's not enough there or, um, oh, this highway, when it got constructed, cut a grid off, like, can it be reconnected? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it's things like that. But Oftentimes, you'll find that um, portals or vortexes of energy um, are happening in places where grids are crossing. So it's kind right. of related in, in that way. But again, it's like, um, it's like part of the whole Earth's energetic structure. Yeah. <laughs> All these pieces fitting together. That's really helpful to understand the difference and how they're connected as well. Um, it's just so fascinating to me, like we can support the earth and our ascension process by connecting with these um, energetic you know patterns and portals so I love this question um, this next question uh, why are basins so creepy and am I just imagining that they're full of ghosts because I fully stand that like every basement is so creepy and is that where ghosts like to hang out or something totally yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, oftentimes, not like specifically naturally, but oftentimes um, what's really happening is just that um, it is a, a natural kind of gathering spot, plus it's in the earth um, in that way. But nine times out of 10, it's because nobody told them they can't be there. And so it's another one of those things that's it, like... I think movies and TV have kind of like ruined us for, you know, like, so it's, it's like they get it 50% right, but then 50% they try to scare you <laughs> or, yeah. um, you know, change the story or, or something like that. And so I think what has been created is a scenario where most of us are um, frightened um, because we don't understand it. We don't know if it's true. And because we think that um, these other energies can, you know, somehow do something to us and that we're not in control. 
And so um, once we understand that, in fact, like as human beings incarnated on Earth, um, we are connected to source energy. And so um, what we commonly refer to as ghosts are just other human beings that have passed yeah. away and um, and they didn't make it through that that portal, right? That um, they didn't go to the light. And so because of that, they are um, here <laughs> until uh, they have an opportunity to, um, to cross over. There is a small handful who are here on purpose and <laughs> um, have some kind of agenda of some, uh, some kind, but it's such a small percentage mm -hmm. most every one of these spirits you come across um, are usually spirits that are just confused. Um, they don't know they passed away or they do, but they don't know how um, to get somewhere else. So when you start thinking them of them as like, oh, this is just somebody's mother or somebody's child or somebody's brother, like, you know, it takes some of the charge out of it. Like they just, they just need a little bit of assistance. Um, and, you know, sometimes a little counseling to let them know <laughs> exactly yeah. what's going on. So um, in the meanwhile, they are, you know, here, they're on a, they are also, like I said, in the middle world. And, you know, the downside of having them hanging around your house, um, if they have passed away and haven't crossed over, um, is that they are not connected to source energy anymore and because mm -hmm. they do no longer have a body. And so they have to continue getting energy from somewhere. And the only way to do that is from a human being. And so again, it's usually not malicious in any way, shape or form. They just don't have a choice. And so um, if you have a bunch of ghosts hanging around in your house, like it's going to be a drain on your energy. And um, over time, it could be a significant drain on your energy. And so um, I usually, you know, a lot of people are like, but I like my ghost that hangs around. <laughs> I have a nice ghost or, you know, it's a family member that I like <laughs> having around. It's like, that's great. They can come back after they've crossed over and, and gotten reconnected, um, you know, with source energy, and then they could come visit you all they want. But yeah. in the meanwhile, it's not the best idea to have them hanging around your house. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so helpful to understand. And you just reminded me, like going back to that story I was telling you where I was somewhere, it was in an Airbnb and we closed that portal, but there was this spirit that we helped Meanwhile, I was like not intuitive at all. So I had no idea what was going on, but we like the people I was with like helped this soul cross over that was really like stuck. And it was like this two hour long process of like communicating with them, like that they can go to the light. I just got chills because I'm just like realizing the extent of what that meant now. Um, but yeah. it's like, we should be helping them, you know, instead of yeah. like being afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true. And, and, you know, everyone is different. I find a lot of them move on very easily and very quickly, but it also depends. Um, people whose calling it is to really do what it's what's referred to as psychopomp. Um, if you've ever heard that term, it, you know, really, you know, helping spirits cross over. Um, they're the ones who tend to get the harder cases, <laughs> uh, usually because some of them do, they really need some counseling because yeah. I mean, just think about all of the different traumatic situations that happen when people pass away. And, um, you know, it, it's weird because, um, again, I think we all think, oh, we die and we know exactly what to do or where to go, or it just happens automatically. And all that happens is you just don't have your body anymore. And so that's very confusing um, if you had a very sudden um, passing. And yeah. so 
um, a lot of times that's they're in this place where they're very confused or they're reliving, you know, the same day over and over, uh, you know, um, they're trying to resolve an issue that that they have or resolve an issue with a person or they don't want to leave um, a child behind or, you know, those types of things. So in that yeah. case, it is, it can be a very um, specific process of counseling with um, this person to really um, gently explain what has happened <laughs> and, um, and, you know, what their options are and, you know, how they can, um, they can finish this life and, you know, cross all the way over. Yeah, that's good to understand too. And now I'm remembering another thing when I did my Kashuk record training years ago, I didn't even like finish it, but I, at one point I did help the soul crossover. And like you were saying, I remembered somehow to do it, even though I didn't know how I knew you know what I was doing and like I was with my exactly. teacher and I was like somehow doing it. it was so much easier than this other situation but like what you're saying you just need to remember and just follow it even if it doesn't make sense yeah and you know that we have lots of spirit support available to us so you know I think we think like I have to know how to do something or I have you know yeah. I have to figure this out um, but, you know, I don't know how to do a lot of things that come up, you know, in readings and I just say, you know, who can help me with this and, you know, um, an angel will come or another spirit of the land or an ancestor or, you know, somebody will step forward and say either, you know, I'm going to show you how to do this or, um, or let's do this together. And so, you know, when we realize we have um, all of this support available to us, it doesn't, you know, the pressure isn't so um, heavy on us that like, I have to do this and not screw it up. Right, right. We have all that support we can tap into and, and have um, and work with to do that. So I love that. I know you have an online course, which I love to hear you share about and the other work that you do um, in your business, because I want my listener to know how they can learn some of these things that we talked about and do this in their own life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my course is called the Earth Tenders Academy. And I really do. I walk you through all, um, all of what I know, pretty much, um, as far as, you know, from the basic energy work of, you know, how do you protect your energy when you're working in the middle world um, in this way? How do you keep your house clear um, energetically? But then getting much deeper into getting to know the spirits of the land where you live, getting to know the land really well, um, where you're at and how to work with it, working with your own ancient ancestors who worked with with the land as, as well as the ancestors on the land um, where you are. And then we get into all of the uh, earth energy things like portals and vortexes and, uh, and uh, grids and all of that type of stuff. And ultimately put it all together um, into uh, learning how to do healing work with the land. So, um, which is also, you know, something that I offer is property readings and, and healing work oh, yeah. for individual properties. But, um, but I teach other people how to do that as well so they can do it for themselves they can do it for their friends and family. They can offer it as a service if they would like. Um, and, and yeah, and that's what we do. We get together on Zoom once a month and practice doing readings on each other's properties as well. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great, a great group. And I would love, love to have people join me if they feel so called. <laughs> yes, that sounds so fun. And that was going to be my other question too, is if you did the land reading or like the house clearing of the ghosts and things, because I think 
that's another thing that's like an afterthought for so many people of tending like you know your like energetic space too when you move in somewhere new and all that so yeah that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, everyone is different. Sometimes, you know, I spend all the time working on the home and I'm not on the land at all. Other times I work with the land and they don't, they're not worried about the house at all. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's very different for, um, for each place, but yeah, um, basically when I do readings, you give me your address and any specific questions or concerns that you have. Um, and then I do the reading um, and do all the work on my own since I'm just like in communication with the spirits. And then I record a video for you when I'm done just explaining everything that um, that happened and any messages that came through and um, send it off to you. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, so where can we find you online? I am at following hawks like the bird followinghawks.com and I'm on Instagram um, as following hawks as well and I have a podcast called the earth keepers love that yeah and I love how you like kept the original like following the hawks too just from that story like <laughs> that's so so magical so beautiful thank you I know I don't think I could ever change it <laughs> yeah <no. laughs> oh well thank you so much for coming on the podcast I was just, I love talking about this kind of work and especially with the earth and the plants. So thank you for the work that you're doing and for being here and connecting with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love chatting with you. Me too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, I would love to hear from you in a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts.